0: What is up, everybody? Mark on the mic here, my good friend Ryan Muckenhorn across from me right now with his coffee cup. I forgot mine, which he thinks is his, but it's still mine because it's got my name on it. Great topic today, Ryan. Lightweight hunting bipods, Mm. a listener request, yeah and a good one. Yes. My personal, uh, I guess, bipod use history has ebbed and flowed like the tide. There's been periods where it's a necessity, I always have to have it. Uh, Right now, I guess I'm in the flow state where I've been kind of going without, just using my backpack. Maybe in some ways rolling the dice, saving some weight, maybe saving some bulk on the forehand of my rifle, maybe rolling the dice. Whenever I have a bipod, there's been times where I'm okay. There's been times where I thought I was going to use it and ended up not using it. And then there's been times where I was really glad I had it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We've got a smattering here, we got a couple we got a couple that you have pulled up in your phone that we'll mention. Yes.
1: In spirit, they're here.
0: And in spirit, here. Yeah, I think two or three different models. What are your thoughts on uh, hunting
1: bipods? I too, Mark, have been in a state of ebb and flow with bipod use only because I think that when I was not as experienced in hunting in the places where I would use a bipod, I thought it was something you had to have. And then the more I used them, the more I found that was not the case. Or rather, the bipod I wanted was never the bipod that worked ideally. I'll mention this. Yeah.
0: Depending on where you live and hunt geographically yeah. could be a very, uh, I guess, uh, dictate if you may or may not want to use a bipod. Like, I, like I've mentioned a million times, I grew up in Western Washington hunting blacktails, Roosevelt's. I mean... I can't think of a time where I would have used a bipod growing up. I mean, the vegetation was always too tall, too thick. Your
1: ferns are this tall.
0: Maybe, maybe if you were uh, on a logging road Mm -hmm. and shooting into like a younger clear cut, sure, sure, put the old bipod down and you you might be able to do that. But I mean, it never crossed my mind that I would need one.
1: I guess what I found is if the bipod was deployed, I'd have to have a very ideal shooting platform or like spot oh mm -hmm. Uh, my my target would have to be at a certain height like elevation wise relative to my firing position that my ground had to be good things had to be you know fairly level the reality is just never works out that way or it just doesn't seem to uh when i was doing a lot of predator calling Mm -hmm. i was using um a harris bipod not not dissimilar from this brs that we have here uh, except it was the much taller one, so that I could deploy it and and sit with the pod. And uh, the only reason I went away from that is just bulk. It was huge. So when I folded it up, you know, I'd have leg sections that were, you know, probably fourteen inches long, even folded hanging off the end of my rifle. And so it made it somewhat inconvenient to, to carry, depending on where I was at. And then it was weight, and then it was space. Trying to get it into my case was kind of a pain in the butt.
0: I would say, but, but...
1: It was useful then.
0: It was useful then. And then that's, that's when I really started seeing, but when I moved from Washington to western Nebraska, yeah. and I'd say a lot of times in, um, well, actually deer hunting, but a lot of predator hunting situations, yeah. that's when I started seeing and using... You know, at the times the Harris was,
1: you know, kind of the king. It was kind of the king of, it of, the, the king of that. It yeah. wasn't. There wasn't a lot out there then besides the Harris.
0: I bought a Harris knockoff. Yeah, that didn't do you well, did It, it? performed as as such. Yeah. <laughs> They're a good bipod. I like. There's still a lot that I like about oh, that yes. bipod. It seemed. You know, we got a lot of different models here. You know, I think at the time that was, at least to my knowledge, you know, one of the more expensive ones. Sure. It was certainly at the upper threshold of like. Something that I might be able to afford. Oh, yeah. Now we've got a few here that are, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, quite quite a bit more expensive. But um, you were talking about you know oh you got to have the perfect ground this that the other a lot of times a lot of times but then also these bipods come with a degree of just adjustability mm-hmm. that allows you to accommodate for
1: that as well sometimes. You know I'm not on the bipod train now. You're, well, you're just off it right now. Kind you, of, yeah. Give it two weeks. I, no, I wouldn't say that. It's been. I had to look back. It was. It was m- actually many years ago. The, the I used a bipod a few years ago to take a shot on a pronghorn. Uh, I will say that the bipod provided me with more frustration than it provided me with solution. I broke a couple of rules. I crawled away from my pack, which I just shouldn't have done. If I'd have had my pack there, things would have been fine. Uh, attached to my pack were my shooting sticks, which had I brought my pack with me, I'd have had them too. And so I had to use my bipod. And it was this very bipod in front of well, us. Well, thank goodness you had it with you. This, Well, sort of. There was a lot of monkey business, Mark. And that was not the fault of the bipod. It was the fault of myself. Like I said, I abandoned some other critical equipment that would have exempted the use of the bipod in that, in that uh, firing solution. Um, but I, I got it done. And what I had to do is I had to extend my leg here. And I had to fold this. I don't want to fold it because I'll snap my fingers. I had to fold this leg up, and then I had to put a rock underneath this like knuckle. And then this has a swivel on it, and then I Mm -hmm. had to induce swivel to it so that I could get stable. And it was shaky at best. The bipod allowed me to take the shot, Mm -hmm. although there are other things that would have allowed me to take the shot faster. And I believe... More stable. So I'll say... In that instance. In
0: that instance, but also I'll say that depends. Now, like I said, I'm, I'm in the, the the flow state of I've been, you know, not using a bipod lately. Yeah. I've been using my pack a lot, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That also requires me to keep my pack with me at all times. There's been times where, I okay, I was hunting uh, mule deer, right? We had spotted these bucks or a buck and a, a bunch of does. Uh, like across this valley, and I was having to crawl up over a rise, right? I think they're about 300 and some yards away. Well, what I didn't want to do was have my backpack on, which would potentially reveal me coming... I, I couldn't stay as, I guess, low profile with my pack on. Sure. So then if I wanted to take it off, I would have had to drag it with me, which is also a pain when you're also trying to bring a rifle with you and can create noise. I had a little bipod on the front. I shimmied up to the crest of the hill, got on the bipod, shot that mule deer dead at, you know, 300 and something, some, 350, something like that. I don't know. Anyway, that it, was a time where I was in y- bipod use and, and I was glad
1: that I had it. The last, the last time, also a mule deer for me, that it worked out exactly as I would have thought it was. It was 2016. I peaked up over a knoll the knoll terminated into a cliff i had the pod out snuck the rifle forward got in a wonderful shooting position shot the biggest mule deer of my life made possible by the harris brs bipod
0: it's just one of those things that can be very very nice to have yes can be a difference maker you know even though i said like oh i shoot off my pack well, sometimes your pack is more or less empty depending yep. on the scenario. Sometimes I'll actually shove things into my pack like my puffy jacket into like I'll into the top lid so it fills yep. that out, that section like out more voluminous and I'll use that. But there's definitely times where if you had your pack and a bipod,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, that, you know, you'd maybe, have a phenomenal you know, shooting this, solution like you yeah. um, you know, this one, this uh Spartan Precision mm-hmm. Not as high or won't get you as high as some of the other sure. models. I think these guys make some different models too. But, you know, if you're able to stack packs and then use this. So yep. it just can be, they can they can be a very big asset.
1: I guess that's what leads us to the other part of this title here is lightweight bipods for hunting. So that they won't be so cumbersome like that big giant monstrosity that I was running. Mm-hmm. And they don't overweight you, overburden you. Mm-hmm so that you picked up that Spartan. This one's super clever. So, how pick,
0: are you or before the podcast you said you were saying we have to talk about this one uh
1: But what I really like about the Spartan is that you get an accent. Always clever piece of kit. Yeah. Um, the Spartan, you don't have to keep on your rifle and it's not intended to be kept on your rifle. Uh, which is really really cool. It kind of a bit nerve-wracking at first if you're not like intimately familiar with magnets and how they work but they they have a uh
0: rare earth metals and such yeah
1: i think so it weighs nothing i mean it's extremely lightweight and it, it you'll notice it doesn't have a conventional attachment like the uh the harris or this mdt or this atlas it's not hooking up to a picatinny rail an arca rail or a sling swivel stud it's got this little uh magnet I don't know what we'll call this coupling here that hooks into a little thing that you put on your gun whether you install that like directly into the stock or they've got a sling swivel stud adapter because came with, this,
0: with a bunch of uh,
1: in this clever piece of kit I closed the box on you That'd I know. feel bad I'm sorry anyway um, the idea is here you affix this so curiously the piece we need is not present. Um,
0: you they want you may need that
1: yeah you you affix this little uh coupling to your rifle, this gets stowed in a pouch um or you know any variety of little harnesses that they make for these specifically, and when you need the pod, you take it out and you just stick it in there, and it's well retained. This is not a situation in which I would be concerned with it simply falling out. Mm-hmm. The idea is though it's an auxiliary piece you carry it on you. And then when you need it, you put it in. Whereas all three of the other examples here are more or less strong-mounted to the rifle, Mm
0: -hmm. um,
1: either via Picatinny, ARCA, or the sling swivel stud in the case of the Harris. Um, So these are really, really, really clever. Very lightweight. Yes. Um, Ounces. Whereas the Harris, for instance, is approaching pounds. These are about 14 ounces. So they're, they're light, but they're not that light. Hang that on the front of my Kimber, and I've got a completely different, you know, conversation. Very sweet piece. Maybe not as much adjustability as some of the other ones. No, but here again, like, if I look at the Harris, which is this this is probably like the most successful bipod out there, right? Like they're everywhere, Mm -hmm. military service, law enforcement service, um, you know, competition and hunters alike have trusted Harris for now several decades. So it has a swivel component, which I think is very important. Um, I've had them before without the swivel component and they're, they're sometimes a huge hindrance. So the swivel component, if I have, you know, slightly uneven terrain, that swivel can take care of that. It is length adjustable. In a couple different forms and fashions, you can extend the leg out, and then have like a maximum and a minimum, and then there's an intermediate setting where you can you can set the leg. You know, if if you've got a situation which you just need a little bit more height, I can I can set the leg short, or I can. Gotcha. Back. So the, I mean, they do have a ton of adjustability. Quick to deploy. M- very. They're they're a little more adjustable than the Spartan. When you look at like the Atlas and the MDT, which probably come more from like the tactical and competitive shooter side of things. Here we have like maximum adjustability. We have preloading for the legs. You can can sweep them forward, you can pull them back. You have, uh, of course, a tilt adjustment and then you have height adjustment. Um, So these, you know, full featured bipods, I mean, lots and lots and lots of room for movement in there. The Atlas, surprising how light they are, considering how robust they are when you look at them like these are i think about 11 ounces somewhere in there so
0: probably somewhere i'd have to well, yeah let me see which uh, what model do we think that one is Ryan? um about it's, my chart here it's probably
1: that one right there yeah about 11 ounces. 11 ounces so th- it's lighter than the harris the only thing you'd really have to consider is okay what is your attachment point mm-hmm. if it's a picatinny rail now you have to have a picatinny rail on your gun your gun might not be set up to accept a picatinny rail Um, without some sort of clever adapting or gunsmithing, um, depending, or an ARCA rail. So there's there's some other provisions that you have to think about. The Harris, I would say, for most rifles, at least in the American market, that most of them do come with a sling swivel stud. Easiest to attach.
0: Pretty plug and play.
1: Yep. You can easily adapt this as well, but there's some thought that you have to put into it. Same thing with the MDTs. And we have an example of an MDT uh, bipod. They make lighter versions of this too. This is a pretty... This is a pretty full featured pod, you know, competition use. Not that you couldn't hunt with it. There's a lot going on there. Um, And then the Spartan, you'd need at least an adapter to make a sling swivel stud into that little magnetic thing. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, I have seen where um, folks have, you know, had a a gunsmith, you know, tap the front end of their stock. And so it's uh, almost like a a flush cup type system. Yep, That is attractive to me.
1: Yeah, I agree. Now, we did mention earlier there's a couple not on the table um, and three pretty notable units. The Neopod, which is a really clever bipod. We've actually had it on the podcast before when we we had uh, Lightweight Dave in.
0: Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Um, he's
1: got a Neopod. They're, I think they're about five or six ounces. Mm-hmm. There's the Backlands um, from New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Here again, about a five, six-ounce bipod.
0: You got another accent for us?
1: Uh, no, no, we won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the... Um, i got to look up the official name. Uh, I've handled the Backlands only very briefly. Mountain Gear from New Zealand. They also make an extremely feature-rich bipod ultralight, again, coming in at about five and a half ounces, five ounces flat for the mountain bipod. So they're in a whole different category of weight um, where, you know, the Spartan as light as it is, these other three mentioned are even lighter yet. Understand that some concessions come with that. Like this MDT and this Atlas, I mean, these are like monster robust, right? So you can preload, you can put a bunch of weight on them, you're not going to get a lot of flex. The lighter we go with anything, I think the more limited you are in what you can get away with with preloading or with with features and angles and things like this. Now, the backlands and the mountain gear uh, appear to address that with features. I'd be curious to know, like, could you put them... With the same degree of confidence on like a very heavyweight rifle, and maybe that's like a mismatch or an imbalance,
0: right? Because right, you've gone away. Like, why do I need a lightweight hunting bipod right. when I'm you know shooting a twenty pound?
1: Right. Do they retain the same same level of stability that we would expect out of like say this MDT or the the Atlas, for instance? But I think um, I think that's not the point. To, mm-hmm. to your point, Mark, we we're talking about lightweight hunting bipods for lightweight hunting rifles. Some
0: of it to me also depends on and maybe this is just like some sort of non-logical mental thing with me but if i was like predator hunting mm-hmm. or something like that which really it could be a situation where you are covering miles but somehow i'm more okay having a heavier rifle yep for that application with a more robust bipod sure. with a bipod that gets higher that has more adjustment Maybe it's just because you're calling and you're, you are you know, setting up in that set. You might need to have your hands free if you're doing hand calling, but still make a subtle motion to get your rifle into position depending on the terrain. You might be laying prone, but have your bipod legs, you know, over a hill. But
1: these are all things that you might have
0: to do with your big game hunting too. That's so. very true.
1: You know, Mark, this is an bipod These are the best Oh my These are the best Best ultralight bipod I've ever run Shooting sticks Let's put those back We've talked about those
0: They will We did We did that shooting sticks bipod We're both big fans of shooting sticks
1: The only thing I can't do With shooting sticks Is fire from a prone position At the same height of prone That I would from one of these bipods But golly I've got a pack for that but I really am thinking I mean, hard it, on, on on one of these rascals. I, it's pretty cute. They're very clever. I think it it just
0: depends on on what you're doing. On what you're doing.
1: Also, where you know what what helps you be confident in the field. You know, if if tacking another between twelve and sixteen ounces on your gun is not an imposition, well, then it's a useful tool to have when you need it. Right. Because without one, you might not have that shot. So
0: I know, and and that's a pretty big consideration. You think you know, oh I've taken a week of vacation, you know, I've got a you know, X amount thousand dollar, you know, elk or deer tag, you know, out of state hunt, uh all the time, effort, resources, few extra ounces, that could make the difference. Yep.
1: Yep. It makes a big difference when you want to come out heavy.
0: Yes. Yeah, you might be coming out uh lighter than you would like. Yeah. Uh without I'll- um, I'll say
1: I, that. I got one more thing. Yeah. If you go with a bipod on your rifle, you should really shoot your rifle off that bipod to see how it behaves.
0: Okay. I was going to get there. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, no, I'm going gl- bring, so let's talk about that.
1: So for instance, I have a Kimber, uh, 84 mountain ascent mm-hmm. 308, wonderful little rifle. It shoots very different off a bipod on a hard surface than it does off a bag, a pack, even these shooting sticks. I, I get a, a wildly different behavior out of the gun. Um, so bipod bounce or whatever influence you want to attribute um, to the use of a bipod on your rifle can show you something different downrange.
0: Now, are you seeing in this instance like a like just a shift in your zero? So if you like sight in with P, the bipod on, P,
1: poi shift and and um, I would say generally a little bit different accuracy. Okay, yeah,
0: that was my kind of my next question. Something to think about. It
1: is, in fact.
0: Don't just zero your rifle and then screw the old bipod no. on, or no, and then think you might be good to go. This MDT, mm-hmm. tons of adjustment, uh, as much as you can get. Uh, this is the uh, the double, so and I'd say fat, very fast. I mean, you know,
1: you want to talk about stability? You get that thing laid out flat like that, and then you splay that thing way out. Oof. my gosh!
0: I mean, you could do some work with that. I think so. Uh, and then to increase some
1: height. There's smoke coming off of your bipod when you did that. That was interesting. A little, a little anodizing there.
0: A little dust there. You know, you can get, get pretty high. Yep. Uh, and this is where, you know, I was talking, actually I was talking with Nick a little bit about this as well, but, you know, maybe you are here, your body position is here, or, you know, maybe the roll of the hill Brings your bipod. Oh, great! Now I'm
1: still level. You know, Um, depending on your terrain, you can get into some high angle shots with that Mm -hmm. pretty easily, and it will accommodate it.
0: Again, depending on what I'm doing,
1: it may be the tool for the job.
0: You're going to pay for it with this one, though. They are pretty proud of it. Mm -hmm. Looking at you know about nine hundred (sighs) bucks, which is there's a lot of rifles that cost about nine hundred bucks, so. Where do we go from here?
1: Um, I think you should evaluate whether or not you need a bipod, or if you have one and you're thinking it's it's definitely the thing that you you got to slap on your rifle. Do some shooting with it, see how see how you like it. Is it comfortable? Is it not? I know there's been a lot of times I've been on the range with like newer shooters, and you know we get into a prone discussion and you start shooting off a pod, and for some folks it's just not as easy as it looks. Right? It's not as intuitive as you might think. And, and again, for for me personally. You know, starting my, my journey as a Western big game hunter, you know, a couple of years ago, 2007, I I think. I've learned that I don't need it as much as I thought. So I've I've gotten away from them. There are certainly situations in which they would have been useful. I know. But I had to make a concession, you know, because of uh, I left my pack somewhere. I didn't have my shooting sticks handy or something like that. And it would have been nice to have one that was maybe a little bit different. One
0: thing I think you... If you if you decide not to use a bipod, you do you kind of start thinking different way, thinking about your shots in different ways. Absolutely, you you end up picking different places to mm-hmm. shoot from, or oh maybe I need to get over here because I can't shoot from here, mm-hmm. which oftentimes works right. You just like you just uh, adapt to the situation, but there's also times where it'd be much more beneficial if I didn't have to go over there and I could just shoot from here. Absolutely, shoot right now.
1: Yep. Some diligence. And These are the
0: things that haunt me, Ryan, because, you know, I'm, I'm a what if, what if, what I'll, if, what I'll, if.
1: I'll tell you this, and this is not just a shameless Vortex Edge plug. You go ahead and you take the Hunter Marksmanship course, which is pretty much like our long-range course, but with an emphasis on 650 yards and in. Whew. Uh, Justin and Pete and Chris will flex on you hard. And Corey too, and they'll make you think about positional shooting. After I took that class, I spent the better part of the summer um, working on positional shooting, like f- like field expedient positional shooting. So using my back or my pack, using terrain, using um, trees, using my shooting sticks, using a combination of all those things, um, and working out at at those distances, um, 500 meters and in because I have access to that 500 meter range and. Oh, I learned a lot. I learned a lot.
0: Any bipod stuff in that class?
1: Uh, optional. I did not bring a bipod. I brought my Stone Glacier Sky Talus, and I brought my shooting sticks. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And um, every shot I took outside of, like, in the box blind. Actually, that's not even true. We had a goofy shot in the box blind. I used my shooting sticks as a rear support off of the chair. So I had these hooked into the butt buttstock and, and like this. But there were students in the class that I took, and most of them that did have bipods, that either found a distinct advantage using the bipod or found frustration, depending on where we were at. If you're going
0: to use a bipod, do you think a person should also be planning to use a rear bag to fully extrapolate Uh, the benefits?
1: Yeah, I mean, it certainly helps. I mean, the more points contact you can have to create a stable firing solution... I think that's absolutely advantageous, I think, yes, um in short, a rear bag might not be the thing to call it because I don't know that I'll ever carry a rear bag into the field
0: okay um a
1: rear support
0: rear support, yeah, uh yeah. improvised rear bag, yes. I was even looking at uh, oh, I've got a set of uh stone glacier puffy pants yep. in the uh they come with a little. Bag, bag, right? Um, I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, you, you look at a lot of the items in your kit, you're like, that could be a rear bag, that could be a rear bag. Heck, you know, like I said, if I had a bipod, but I did have my pack mm-hmm. with me, you know, it, I mean, you can shove that. Oh, uh, yeah. You, you know, so there's definitely and I guess that's what I was thinking because, you know,
1: they also make some lightweight rear bags now. They do. It's just a, I don't think I'm going to carry a rear bag standalone. What I will do, and I have done, uh, you take a fleece beanie, and you take your um, flip wool mitts and you stuff them into that fleece beanie, um, and then you ball it up. That's a pretty good rear bag.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, another honorable mention that we I wish we had here, the Magpul bipod.
1: Oh, yes. There's a very economical.
0: Economical, lightweight. And useful. And very functional. Yes. Yep. That's a practical man's bipod right we, there. We
1: have them down at edge. There's a lot of, the, most of those rifles are equipped with the Magpul. Right pod um very stable shooting solution uh surprisingly lightweight i, I think they're sub 10 ounces and um uh, very cost effective very affordable tool mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that's a good pod.
0: yeah i'd be curious this is for me and how i think for big game hunting yeah the spartan is although you know that one comes with a price tag too but um i think because it just so easily attaches and detaches because mm-hmm. i don't necessarily, I guess for big game hunting, I don't like having that on the forend of my gun all the time. Correct. But it's kind of like, oh man, if I need that, just
1: boop. One time I, I had my... I used to hunt with a tall Harris. I mentioned that. Mm-hmm. I was crawling through something and it hooked a branch and I pulled the thing back and when one of those legs goes and gets over its cam point, Bong. yeah, it's loud and scared me. It didn't hurt anything. Like, it didn't goof my hunt up, but yeah. I think
0: there... its It's interesting how... Really, like same but different mm-hmm. you know a lot of different mouse traps here, and I think it you know the one you pick depends on you, on you yeah. and your budget, yep, but uh, I'd be curious, folks out there in the big game hunting world, predator, hunting world, hunting world, what bipod are you using? Are you using one? have you uh is it is it like an always for you? Are we idiots for not using one? I don't know. Right I'm now, I'll tell you, I'm will tell i saying right now. Another discussion that's going to come in up. The game.
1: More and more is tripods. Tripods. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of the new hotness too. That's pretty, and that
0: might be something depending on your situation that you have with you. Yes. You know, if you're bringing a spotting scope or you're yes. glassing off your binos,
1: I've shot. Does off, that eliminate,
0: eliminate off, I've the need. shot
1: off my tripod too? <sighs>
0: More than one, one way to skin this stability cat, isn't there?
1: The the old stability cat. <laughs> <laughs> all right,
0: guys, let us know. We, I I generally want to hear what you're doing, uh, how how you are living with or living without a bipod, how you're using them, which one are you using, some stuff that maybe we missed here. We should get we should get
1: some of those ultralight New Zealand produced. They look really cool. I'd like to look at them. They look really cool. I'd like to look at them. Yeah. So,
0: all right, thanks everybody for listening. Stay stable. Talk to you later. See ya.